Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Praise the Lord. You're welcome again to teach us to pray. Part six. This is the final episode of this meeting. And so I just want us to bow down our heads in one minute and pray this prayer the Spirit of the Living God. Reveal yourself to us today in the world. In the name of Jesus. Can we begin to pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that the Holy Spirit reveals your word to us today in the name of Jesus. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Beyond what we can say, beyond what I can say, speak to us today in the name of Jesus. Make sure you pray. Speak to us today in the name of Jesus. Miradu randre nekenya lagare bara sabenya balati bara sata. Yenia la konya balesete. Nenia gali gede bede. E galadumbra na balebre dendi de kandaramasia de bedete. Yenarabia galadendre nekenya lagada. E galebre de ribelevia la canine sependre. E brundri nekenya lagaso kanya la tebrekete. E galagalada galiga de berekini karasuma la tade. Yenarabale brendre nekenya ligribidinia la tari. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Once again, you are welcome to teach us to pray. Part 6. And uh, to the glory of God, today is the concluding part of this series. Today is the concluding part of this series on Teach Us to Pray. And so this is the first time you are, are joining us on any of the series. I recommend that you go back and listen to the previous five series on Teach Us to Pray. Last week, we started talking about the hindrances to prayer. We started talking about the hindrances to prayer. And uh, we considered four hindrances to the glory of God. We're able to consider four hindrances. And today we'll consider two more. So far, we've said that the first hindrance, I'm repeating this for the sake of people that are just joining us for the first time, that the first hindrance is the lack of the knowledge of his will. The lack of the knowledge of his will. Our anchor text, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that when we pray according to his will, he heareth us. When we pray according to his will, he heareth us. And we have said before, that faith begins when the knowledge of God when the will of God is known. Faith begins when the will of God is known. So as long as the will of God is not known, there can be faith. And as long as there can be faith, there can be confidence that God heard you. Hallelujah. As long as there is no faith, there can be confidence that God heard you. And as long as there is no confidence that God heard you, 
you can't be sure that you are going to receive what you are praying for. So the first hindrance to prayer has to do with the knowledge of his will. If you don't know the will of God, it is a big hindrance to prayer. Praise God. Praise God now. The second hindrance to prayer is the manner in which we pray. The way we use the name to pray. The way we use the name to pray. You know, many times we pray in such a way that is unscriptural. Now, this is the way I put it. Praying to Jesus is wrong. You know, I know someone very close to me before in the past, whenever she went to pray, she would start her prayer with Lord Jesus. It is wrong. Our prayers is supposed to be addressed to the Father. The Lord Jesus said, In that day, ye shall ask me nothing, but whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, we give it to you. So our prayers are to be directed to the Father in the name of Jesus. Our worship is to be directed to the Father in the name of Jesus. I want to get it now. So praying to the Father in the name of Jesus, not praying to the Holy Ghost, not sending the Holy Ghost on the herald, not calling fire. There are many things that we do. I, I, I grew up around some areas and so there's some kind of praying that we do. You know, they, they, they'll tell you, call the name of Jesus seven times and then call the Holy Ghost seven times. Hallelujah. And then call um, fire seven times. It is not necessary. It is absolutely not necessary. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Once is enough. Calling the name of Jesus once is enough. It does not make a difference whether you call it seven times or once. And yes, we have never been asked to address the Holy Ghost when we pray. So why say, why call the Holy Ghost seven times and add it to prayer? It's not necessary. I want to get it now. So it is a, it is a big hindrance to prayer. When we pray in the wrong manner, forget the lord jesus made a statement that is very shocking he said on in the last day many people will come to him and said ah lord we did so 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 in your name and in your name we cast out demons in your name we did this in your name we did that the lord jesus didn't say um uh well you're lying the lord jesus didn't say they were lying. he said yes you are it's true you may have done those things but he said i never knew you now, he didn't say, I used to knew you, but I no longer know you. He said, I never knew you. We have to be careful to not allow the devil to trick us into thinking we are in the, on the right path. Pray according to the scriptures. Pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. This is the second hindrance. The third hindrance is the sin of unforgiveness. In fact, Jesus said, when you start praying, forgive. We have said these things before, but I'm saying it again for the people. 
that are just joining us for the first time again. It says, when you stand praying, forgive. Unforgiveness is the big hindrance. See, listen to me now. If there's somebody that you are yet to forgive, there's someone that has offended you and you have purported in your heart that you are not going to forgive that person, I understand what they did is serious. I understand. It's painful. And so you have decided not to forgive. Well, there's no problem. Just know now, now, now that your father in heaven will not forgive you. And it is a big hindrance to your prayer. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness and bitterness. These are two serious hindrances to prayer. A man that has unforgiveness in his heart can be rest assured that he's not going to be able to receive from God. Unforgiveness disqualifies a man from receiving favor and any kind of request from God. Unforgiveness, bitterness. Don't let me dwell on these things. We've talked about them. You can listen to last week and teaching, teach us to pray part five. Now, the fourth entrance to prayer is wrong confession. Wrong confession. You know, many times people pray. We think that it is just um, praying that we get the thing solved. No. No, 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 no. Praying is a way to exercise our faith. Praying is a step we take in order to receive what has been provided for us. Take it like this. Imagine that you have money in your account. First of all, you have money in your account. You have the ATM card in your hand. It's good. Now, you have to actually go to the ATM machine, put the card in the ATM machine, and press the pin. The process of going to the ATM machine and putting the card and pressing the pin is the process of praying. If there is no money there, nothing will come out. Now, what we ensure that the money there comes out or that there is even money there is your faith. So, if you missed faith, in the area of confession, you've met it. This is what I'm saying. That if your confession and your praying does not agree, you will lose your results. This is why Hebrews 11 says that he that must come to God must believe that he is and is a brother of them that diligently seek him. I get it. You have prayed on the mountain. Yes. You have a, an assurance that God has said the prayer. Yes. But you came down from the mountain and somebody now asks you, how far about what you are about? And you are like, ah, well, it is not said to do. I'm just, I, I even just went to pray about it. I'm waiting for God to answer me. Don't worry. You have disqualified yourself from being able to receive from God. Why? Because your praying and your, I have to now, and your confession do not align. The Lord Jesus gave the clear instruction that whatsoever you ask, believe him, you will receive. What guarantees your receiving is that you believe before you receive. And so, if you find yourself saying something that is contrary to your prayers, 
you have messed things up. Wrong confession. Now let's go to the main remaining two hindrances that I want to talk about today. I specifically reserve the remaining two. Specifically. Don't forget the first four, uh, lack of the knowledge of his will, praying to Jesus instead of in Jesus' name, unforgiveness and bitterness, wrong confession. Endurance number five. Endurance number five. Worry. Hallelujah. Worrying. I, I, I'm looking for a way to put worrying in Yoruba. I, I don't know the Yoruba word for worrying. If you know the Yoruba word for worrying, please type it in the group for me. Worrying. Huh. Worrying is such a big hindrance to receiving from God. In fact, no man can receive from God if he's worrying. If you are going to worry, don't pray. I understand that some situations can be overwhelming. Some situations can be serious. They can be big. They can be urgent. But this answer is still prayer. If your answer is worrying, if your response to the situation is worrying, please don't pray. It is a waste of time. If you like, spend 20 hours praying. If you know that you are going to worry after praying, don't pray. Are we together now? Worrying. It's so serious. John chapter 16, verse 24. I'll be reading the scriptures for my end to avoid any interruptions or interference. John 16, 24. <laughs> Worrying. It is such a serious. In, in sometimes the situation we find ourselves can be so overwhelming that we, you know, we have so much cares in this world, and so th th there is this part of our mind that is wired to think about how will it be done. Recently, while we were talking about planning and faith, I told people that you must understand the difference between planning and worrying. You must understand the difference between planning and thinking for God. Now, the process of planning, look at now, the process of problem solving generally requires that you gather information about the problem you intend to solve. And if you are not careful, when you are trying to gather this information or trying to understand the situation, it can be so overwhelming that you find yourself worrying. When you find yourself in this place, it is important that you know how to get out and step out of worrying into faith. Because if you don't do so, you, there is already a big hindrance to you receiving any kind of help from God. John 16, verse 24. It says, till now, you have asked nothing in my name. He said, ask. And you shall receive that your joy may be full. 
ask and you shall see that your joy may be full is god it is so important for us to understand this let's start from verse 23 it says in that day you shall ask me nothing truly truly i say to you whatsoever you shall ask the father in my name he shall give it to you whatsoever you ask the father in my name he said he shall give it to you Another, in another place, he was telling, this, telling the, the disciples, okay, perhaps you read Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. He was telling the disciples in Mark that whatsoever you ask for, believing, it is very important that you understand that believing is key. The key is in the believing. Mark 11, 23. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Good. He says, For truly I say to you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be you removed and be you cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said has come to pass, he shall have whatever he has said. If you do not doubt, if you don't doubt, you have whatever it is. Thank you. What is done? Another one says, I bale. Now, listen, if you don't doubt, see, when we hear the word doubt, we, we sometimes don't understand the, um, how, how do you put it now? The extent of this word. Okay, let, let's look at it. Let's look at it carefully. Do you know that when the word of God says that, um, uh, say for example, that your father has supplied all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You have heard that word. Now you have a need ahead of you. And it is beyond all that you can do by your strength. Hallelujah. Praise God now. Hallelujah. It is beyond all that you can do by your strength. And so you now decide to pray to God about it. Now, Father, I need this amount of money. And you are prayed. And after you find yourself praying about it, and then you, look, you, you finish praying, you have thanked God, you finish praying, you now sit down on your bed, and you now look at it, ha, so, so amount of money, how am I supposed to get it? You are beginning to doubt God. At that instant, you are beginning to doubt God. It might look like you are planning. Devil can be crazy. It, it looks like you are trying to plan. It looks like you are trying to come up with a plan. But don't forget, you have already concluded that there is nothing you can do on your hand to get this thing to be solved. If you could plan, why don't you plan before you pray? I like to tell people these things, that if you are going to pray, plan before you pray. If you that you want to pray, do all that is within your strength to do, do it. Then you can pray so that you don't find yourself thinking for God.
So many times we have handed over the situation to God, but we find ourselves fretting about it. We are doubting. You have prayed along the word of God. <clears throat> Praise God. But the situation did not change immediately. And you are not beginning to think, ah, is it true that this thing will work? Or what's going on? This thing did not change. You are doubting. Now, doubt comes as a result of the inability of the mind to comprehend a solution to the problem. Praise God. You know, we, we normally think that doubt is the opposite of faith or that doubt is as a result of unbelief. No, it's not just as a result of unbelief. It is because of your mind's inability to comprehend a solution. And so this is you responding to your mind. And meanwhile, your mind can never comprehend a solution that God will present to you if you have invited God into the situation. So instead of listening to your mind's inability to comprehend it, why don't you listen to the word of God instead? If there's one thing I will not do in prayer, is that I will not wonder how God will solve a problem. It's none of my business, it's out of my terrain, and I will not bother myself about it. I'm not interested in how. Sincerely, I do not care about how. What I know is that I have done all that has commanded me to do. And so how he is going to get it done is none of my business. Really. I have just done my part. See, partnership with God requires that we understand how to work with him, even in prayer. There are some things you don't do. You don't go about crying after you have prayed. Let me, okay, let me say this again. If there's someone that is sick, listen to me very well. If there's someone that is sick and you've had someone pray for him in the morning, I'll figure now. You had someone pray for that sick person in the morning and then you look at the person. The person is not, is not getting better by afternoon. And you get so you call another person to come and pray for that same person. There is an issue. And the issue is faith, usually. The issue is that you are hoping that God will heal this person. It is not that you already have faith that God is going to heal the person. There's a difference between the two. When you have faith that God has settled a thing, you stand on the faith. You don't bother about taking extra steps because you can see the result before it comes. The beautiful thing about faith is that it gives you an evidence of what you have not seen. So people worry because there is no evidence. I would say now. 
You find yourself worrying. You find yourself doubting because there is no evidence. I understand that there are people that are perpetual warriors. When they are not worrying about an issue, it seems to them as if they are not doing anything about it. That's a very bad state to be. Understand what is within the span of control so you cannot go to lay to the hands of God. I will go there now. First Peter chapter 5 verse 7. He says, cast your cares upon him once and for all, for he careth for you. Whether you believe this or not, this is the word of God. God cares for you. I understand that most of us probably, you know, may not understand what it means to care for somebody. But if you add very much caring parents or caring siblings or caring family members, at least you understand to an end. Cares for you. In fact, the Amplified says he cares for you affectionately. He is thinking about you. That God is thinking for you, thinking about you. He cares for you. The beautiful thing about my father is that he will not pick up responsibilities that you don't give to him to do. And this is why that you have to learn to cast your cares on him. Are we together now? Cast your cares once and for all. See, there is no problem. People have even learned to cast cares. They can go to God in prayer and cast their cares. I say, Father, these are the things I'm worried about, I'm concerned about. I cast them on you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And then they experience some sort of relief and joy or peace. And then they leave the presence of God, so to say. And then they go home in less than a day, less than six hours, and the peace has worn off. Praise God. Sorry for that interruption. I'm having to use a year of issues with my network provider. Praise God. So this is what I was saying. That people, some people have learned the art of casting their cares on God. Okay? So they do it occasionally. They have done it. They have gone home. Then some hours later, or a, a, a few days later, they find themselves thinking about the same cares that you have casted on God. See, the thing is not that. It is not like God is looking at these things. And because of these things, he's not giving them to you. No. Hear what I'm saying very well. Hear what the word of God has said very well. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us. How shall he not along with him freely give us all things? How shall he not along with him freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. Second Peter 1, 3. According as his divine power has given unto you 
all things that pertain to living and godliness. These two scriptures makes one thing clear that you have received all things. Listen to me, that God has given to you all things. That's what I wanted to say. It makes one thing clear that God has given unto you all things, but you have not received all things. The things you have received so far are things that you are able to receive. I will forget it now. The things you have received from God so far are the things that you are able to receive. And how do we receive from God? We receive from God by faith. In, I can begin to talk about principles. We can begin to talk about obedience. We can begin to talk about, you know, sowing, tithing, giving. We can begin to talk about the many, you know, the many other ways that we receive from God. But all of them hangs on one thing. And it is by faith. So this is how to deal with worry. Once and for all. This is how to deal with worry when you pray. Learn to cast your cares on the Lord. Once and for all. Say, Father, I know that you care for me. Now, these are my cares. These are my cares. I am casting them on you. I am not going to worry about it. This is what I'm going to do. Let me share this testimony with us, Reverend Kenny Hagin was saying something. He said he was in the church at some point in time and the church was not growing in numbers. I mean, in terms of numbers, the church was not growing. And at first he was a bit worried. Then one day, he just decided he's not going to bother himself. And he went to God and said, Father, I know you know how this place is. And I know you know I'm worried about it. But I'm not going to worry about it any longer. I am just going to preach the word. I am just going to treat everyone right. I am just going to um, try to do my responsibility as much as I can. I will leave the rest for you to handle. And then he stopped to worry. And he said a few months later, the population of the church grew by over, over almost 100%. Grew by over 100%, rather. Because they learned to cast their cares. See, some of the things you are worrying about are out of your span of control. So if you are going to get rid of them, you need to learn to cast it on God. First, you must recognize the things that you can do and the things that you can't do. This ability to discern is a very important requirement. You must know, these are the things I can do. So some of them are specific instructions given to you by the Holy Ghost. Some of them are normal, they are normal things that are required to do to get the kind of result that you seek. Hello, some of them, I will together now, some of them are instructions from the Bible. Know the things that you, are, you can do. Do them. Now leave the rest to God. So, 
cast those cares onto God once and for all. Once you have done this, from that moment onward, continue to think on the goodness of God. Every time that issue comes to your mind, continue to thank God because it is settled. And continue to tell the devil that I'm not going to worry about this. God has got it. I'm not going to bother about this issue. God's got it. And Father, I thank you because this issue is sorted. Continue like that to think about the goodness of God every time. Thanking God. And instead of worrying, you will experience peace. Ha! If you can get to a place where you experience peace after praying, and this peace is continual, this joy is continual in you, hallelujah, don't worry, the result is settled. Even Satan knows that he can't do anything about it any longer at that stage. Nothing can stop you from receiving. Endurance number five, worrying. I repeat, if you are going to worry, don't pray. If you are going to pray, don't worry. As I'm speaking to you, people that are very close to me knows that I have no worries in this world. If, I, if you were opportune to live with me for a few days, you would begin to think maybe I am a very careless or worryless person. That maybe I just probably don't have anything that is that is bothering me still i can't have anything bothering me i have goals i have ambitions i have things i intend to do i, I want to get now but i know what to lay to the hands of god and i know the steps to take and when i sincerely don't know the step to take i know there's a holy spirit in me that i can talk to and will tell me what to do are we together now? We have an advantage as believers. We need to learn how to use it. No matter how big the situation is, worrying is not the answer. I repeat, no matter how big the situation is, worrying is not the answer. I repeat, no matter how big the situation is, worrying is never the answer. Endurance number six. Praise the Lord. Endurance number six. Unbelief. First John chapter five, verse 14. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him. That when we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, we know that we have received the petition that we have asked for. Notice, we have confidence because we know that he heareth us. We know that he heard us because we are prayed according to his will. Hear this again. Faith begins when the will of God is known. 
Are we together now? Faith begins when the will of God is known. So as long as the will of God is known, faith will be ever present. When the will of God is not known, faith will not be present. Praise God. It is very important that we understand these things. The Lord Jesus said, if anyone amongst you shall speak to this mountain, and say, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. It says, I said, if he does not doubt in his heart, he shall ask, I mean, he shall receive whatsoever he asked for. It's very important that we understand this. That believing is key. Believing. It is key to receiving from God. Mark 11, 24. It says, therefore I say to you, what is soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Whatsoever things that you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe that you receive them. Hear this very well. Believe that you receive them. So it didn't say, believe that God will give them to you. Certainly there is a difference. Believe that you receive them. Now, to believe that God will give them to you means that it is still subject to God. If you are going to get it. Are we together now? When we believe that God is going to give them to us, that way, we mean that we are still expecting God to prepare it and give it to us. So when it is time, or when God is ready, probably in the future, which will take God as long as he wants, because we don't know, he will then give us. But that's not what the Lord Jesus said. He said, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. It means that God has given. Now, it is now up to me to receive now. And I say again, that you can only receive now as much as your faith can carry. If you can't believe, you can't receive. If you can't believe, you can't receive. So the key to receiving from God, I mean, apart from being a born-again believer, 
is being able to believe and now this belief does not have anything to do with believing in your mind let us let to it now when lord jesus said believing he was not talking about the believing that comes with the seeing of the high the hearing of the ears the testing of the mouth or any of the natural senses of men no when he said believe he meant believing with your spirit now the same way believing with the senses is of the mind there is the faith that is believing with your spirit the believing of the spirit there is a very important process to believing very important process to believe in. this process ensures that a man if he can complete it will receive from god at any point in time regardless of who this man is listen to me it is this process that makes it possible for a man that is dead and separated from god to become a son of god i will get it now it is this same process that enables a man to become able to receive from god what is this process hebrews chapter 4 from verse 12. we're going to read two scriptures to look at this process hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Okay, we can start from verse 11. It says, Let us able therefore to enter into the rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful. It says, For the word of God is alive, it's a living thing, and it is powerful. It says, It is sharper than any two edged sword. Pay attention. And it says it's piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow and is a discerner of the intent of the thoughts of the heart. This is the process. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and knows how to find its way that it can separate the mind from the spirit. Can separate what the mind believes from what the spirit is about to receive. 